no one else surprised that in 2022 no one has twerked to revolution by kirk franklin I'm, just, I'm sorry you said all i heard was kirk franklin and twerk no one's surprised that in 2022 there's not a tiktok video of someone twerking to revolution i don't even kirk know franklin. what that song is that, that's a sacred song How's it go? Maybe I don't know the word. Do you want a revolution? Whoop whoop! I said, do you want a revolution? Whoop whoop! Google will pull up anything. I'm pretty sure if you type in that shit will go viral. Twerking. I'm pretty sure something's going viral. I'm pretty sure if you type in twerking to revol- Kirk Franklin revolution, <laughs> something's gonna pop up. I'm positive. I've never done that. But I have done just random searches like obscure shit that you probably think. Just think about that. Megan. Megan the Stallion. She did not. Uh, dancing to Revolution, Kirk Franklin. No, she did. Wow. Yes. Uh, I'm even to the volume down. No, she shit. did. I told you. Oh no, no, no! They put it. <laughs> you know how they did like the. Oh, they edited her dancing and yeah, they edited it. Oh, they oh, edited. Okay. 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 okay, okay. I'm about to say no way, okay. not the hottie. Let's see. Okay, there is one that's from. I don't. I don't know if this is real or not. You would know if it's edited. real or not. Do you, I have to put the volume up or I have to use my headphones? Hold on. Let me just use my headphones. Because it says Lotto dancing to Revolution Kirk Franklin. But she ain't twerking, but she got a twerk outfit on. Nah, I want to see some. I Is don't want to see. Is some like corky type drink for you? Like, no, I just think it's... said, nah, <laughs> I want to see some. Sound like a fantasy. This shit called right, the some sex. <laughs> nah, I want to see that some. Sound like a fantasy. Yo, I gotta stop embarrassing myself, yo. <laughs> Every is, day you get closer and closer, Greg. This okay. is bad. Banter. Okay. So today's banter. How do you stay inspired? So whatever you strive to be in life. Mm-hmm. Producer, podcaster, great. How do you stay inspired? For me, um, it's to con- continuously challenge myself, um, especially if it comes to podcasting. Uh, log myself to uh, introduce myself to podcasters that already have been in the game and um, surrounding myself around people that just want me to be great but for the most part it's challenging myself because um, podcasting again uh, it, it sounds so easy that you get a mic you just talk on it it doesn't it's really not as easy eventually you're going to stop talking and you're not going to know what to say and you need to also realize that your audience do they want to hear what you want to say so it's a craft in itself um but then to also be able to have that craft and then be able to to network with others absolutely so networking and challenging yourself would be how i stay inspired also holding myself accountable like the days when i don't do what i need to do I understand that it's hurting me more than it's hurting anyone else. Although I believe that my voice should be heard, but it's just a different level of greatness when it comes to podcasting. So shout out to all my podcasters out there. Um, um, for me, honestly, it's like I said this before. Like, 
I am not aspiring to be a producer. I'm a producer right now. Amen. What I'm aspiring to, uh, aspiring to be is notarize outside of the people who know me on a on a broader scale. I'm a, I'm a producer. So that at, when I when I say that I am a producer, the inspiration is only uh, uh, in addition to the dedication I already have toward being a producer. It's, it's a lifestyle for me. So the inspiration only gets me but so far. But when it happens, I just feel inspired. But the dedication is, is through my blood. It's a part of my DNA. If I wanted to say, I don't want to ever be a producer anymore, it wouldn't even happen. It can't happen. I can't ever. If I said it, I would be lying to myself because I. It's just the way my mind works. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's a constant thing. It's dope. Um, way I stay inspired is like every project I do, I try to make sure that I'm doing something within the project that I didn't know how to do before. Um, so. I Meaning like if I am Especially So I'm not a photographer By trade But I get hired To take pictures often So something that um, I do Every time I like even pick up My camera is Like learn new New techniques To take a picture Um, Like learned about like this is basic but like depth of field and all that shit like that's basic shit but i'm saying like something i just didn't know before and when i learn it it's like what's why is that inspiring it's inspiring because it's like i know i'm not done learning challenging right yourself. yeah right so we not the same i'm an alien um <laughs> so yeah th- that's the way i definitely do stay inspired it's just by you know continue to push myself to do things that I don't know how to do absolutely that, that gets me off <laughs> what but, I didn't even know how to say it that way but it just it really does do something especially like if I've met someone or um, I love um, obtaining or learning new information like that that really does something for me so when I'm around people that I'm able to learn from I'm able to pour into and they're able to pour into me it's just a, it's an amazing feeling so yeah and also like listening to other podcasts because uh, you realize that um, if if and, and just like Mr. Rent Money says like it's a lifestyle and so if you're privy to this is something that you want to do you should immerse yourself in it understand there's there's other um podcasters such as yourselves providing similar information or you can even um get topics different perspectives where you're able to bring onto your own your own platform so yeah i love inspiration it smells great in the also i like watch other people fail wow wow because watching them fail makes me look at them and this is only in pertaining to the things that I do talk about like video production media all that stuff mm. like when I see someone produce something that I know I can do and it looks terrible mm. that's inspiring because it's like yeah I'm I, I'm gonna do way better than this mm. so 
So would you say you're driven you're driven by the mark that other people make for themselves? Of course. Absolutely. Because you always just want to be better. Always. That's why I, I think that's part of the reason why um I'm very hesitant in everything. Not I don't want to use the word hesitant. Um, but I am meticulous in the things that I do and attach my name to. Because if Greg can't put 100% into something, I'm not going to do it. Because anything less than that is going to be shit to me. So, what do you say, eh, fool? Because I felt like that's something that, uh, believe it or not, like I kind of even continuing to learn from you is that, yes, you want this uh, perfection. You want it. You have this idea that when you want it to be executed, you have this look or this feel of how you want it to be presented. But I also realized that even when it came to this podcast or certain things in your life, that sometimes you just had to start running before you was able to walk in order for you to like get your pace, start walking really fast, and then walking because sometimes you weren't even gonna start if you didn't just. Yeah, but I'm not starting it unless I know it's going to be something. So. I'm glad you brought the podcast up as a um, prime example. When we first started this pod, our audio sounded like shit. But the reason why I got the idea to start the pod um, was because I was like, niggas are just talking. Yeah. I could talk. Yes, you can. And I could talk well. And I can have a great conversation with Mr. Rent Money. Yeah. Now with you. Hell yeah, we're going to do this shit. And no, it wasn't perfect. See, you're conflicting perfection and effort. The, we put a, I put a hundred percent of effort into those first couple of episodes, even though they were shit. It didn't get perfected until we added things. I understand Please. that, but I'm you. also thinking about even before you decided to do it with Mr. Red Money. There was other podcasts. He didn't do it with me. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> Um, no, like prior to that, there were, there, there were for sure. So, and I think that, um, yes, maybe you had the equipment, but I think that you had to start in order for you to know that you could even do it. I didn't think there was perfection. You weren't a professional podcaster when you started. No, I'm still not a professional podcaster. I am. (laughs) No, I'm saying, I'm saying effort, like 100% of effort went into this. Like I didn't half-ass it. Oh, and that's what you're saying about 100% going yeah. into anything is that like when you are going into it. Yeah, even like, I'm not saying everything I touch is gold. Got no, it. but um, if I'm attaching my name to it, just know Greg did his best. Got it. That's what I mean. Got it. Okay. Okay. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yo, yo, yo. So, yeah. Inspiration, people. And I love inspiration. Continue was- to inspire. For sure. If you do know someone that's inspiring you, give them them flowers. Give them them. <laughs> give them them flowers. Give them their flowers while they can smell them. So give them a call, send them a text, write them a letter. Because inspiration comes a dime a dozen. And so to uh, be able to watch it or be able to experience it, I think people would like to hear that. Like you guys inspire me. So like I, every day I get challenged to be greater and greater dealing with y'all mother you're welcome handsome gentlemen so thank you I know I'm inspiring <laughs> and that was our banter banter we good? we good y'all good
You're now tuned in to Just a Conversation with Greg, Mr. Rep Money, and Gigi. Welcome to Convo 62 of Just a Conversation with Greg, Mr. Rip Money, and Gigi. I am your host, Greg, and I'm joined by my co-host and brother and sister, Mr. Rip Money. Mr. Rip Money, how's it going, sir? You know I'm going to always give you the... Yeah, you know I'm going to always give you the cliche response until I'm not, (laughs) until I don't at least. But this is one of those days... Where even though I'm giving you a cliche response, <laughs> it was uh it w- it was a little shaky. But I'm here. Um and I don't want to expound upon it. it. It was one of those. I understand. It was definitely one of one of those. Oh, I get it, my brother. I totally get it. Also joined by my sister Gigi. How's it going, Gigi? Hi, everyone. This week. Was this a short week? Mm, yeah, this was a short Oh, it depends because everyone didn't have President's yeah. Day off. Um, so thank I think there's a baby in there. I think there's a baby. There's <laughs> a baby in there. Uh I uh yeah, so it was a short week for me, so I was off on Monday. Um, but it seemed really long to be honest with you. I felt like I felt like I worked two times this week now that I know that I only worked a four day week. Um but um this week was really busy for me. Um, I'm still transitioning for my new job role, and I'm also doing training, and I'm out here being trained. It's it's just crazy out here, but we bossing up, and I had um, a little overwhelming moment at some point, but I was able to release it in a really uh, organic way, um, so shout-outs to that, and uh, I'm just happy to be here at this point, so it was, a, it was a decent week. I can't, I don't want to complain. I mean, I could. I'm ready to just... Take it down, but it was an okay week. How about you, Greg? Um, I'm feeling like Mr. Rent Money today. You know, yeah. cliche answer. Um, <laughs> the week was a week. I'm here. Yeah, ready to pod and yeah. Well, I'm really excited about this episode too. So word up. I'm um, looking forward to it. And of course, our engineer Blaze is in the room. Um, Acknowledge and, me, and we and we put a microphone to him so y'all can hear what he says. Me. Um, Acknowledge me, so he can speak for himself. Me. Now, right? You're right, but he's still not gonna speak a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, we have a very special episode here, and um, Mr. Red Money can introduce our guest to us. Yes, this very special guest, my uncle Kenneth Wilson. Kenny, say what's up to the to the people today, man. What's going on, people? Calling live from East Jersey State Prison in Rawway, New Jersey. Definitely, definitely. Hey, um, we just wanted to jump right in, into our topics. Um, and I wanted to okay. just get a, a brief um, a depiction of what it was like for you growing up in North. Well, basically, I came from a Christian home. 
so going up in a Christian home, kind of strict background. Uh, and growing up in Newark was a little, you know, once we actually moved into a particular neighborhood in on the south side um, called um, around Hawthorne Avenue, this neighborhood was a little bit more than my likings I was used to. So growing up in that kind of environment, um, you take on a role that I guess the neighborhood was going on, which led me to doing a lot of things that I probably didn't want to do or wasn't used to doing just to kind of like fit in. But Newark itself, the city is, is, is up and coming. It's, it's a great city to live in. And, you know, just it's just that you have a percentage of people that does commit crimes in the neighborhood and stuff like that. But Newark as, 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 a, as a city is up and coming. It's thriving. And, you know, so... I guess that's basically like I guess my upbringing was basically just Christianity growing up in the church. If there's a church in Newark, I was there, mm-hmm. you know, because that's where I was raised in my household. So I'm I'm definitely all about Christ right now, and my whole my whole family are Christian oriented. So when you when you ask about my upbringing in there, it was very good. I'm originally from New York. A lot of people don't know that about me. Wow. I was born in New York. Okay. Yeah, I was born in New York, in Harlem. And we kind of migrated over here to Jersey. At so what age did you come I, to Jersey? Excuse me? At what age did you come to Jersey? We came, I came over here, I guess, when I was like, maybe like five. Okay. I like to say about five. Yeah, I was five years old when we finally migrated over to uh, Jersey. East Orange, went from East Orange, uh, Hillside, from Hillside, we moved back to East Orange. But at that time, our neighborhoods were more integrated then. Mm-hmm. We know we had white neighbors and things like that. It kind of like isn't the way it, nor, it isn't the way it was like it is at this present moment. Right. So I kind of grew up in a diverse neighborhood. I didn't grow up with just all black people and things like that. So, you know, it, it changed over the course of time. You know, the white, as the black people started moving in, white people started moving out, of course. Of course. You know, so, just, you know, why it's do, all good, though. Why do you think that transition happened? Like, why, um, like you said, you grew up in the time... First off, um, can we... Can we? I need, to, I need to know your age. Like, we need to know, like, what era we're talking about when, we, when we're talking okay. to you. Okay, I was born in 60, I was 64, I'm 57 now. Okay. Okay, okay. So, so yeah, so how, what do you think made that, that change? Um, like you said, you grew up in a very diverse neighborhood living in, um, like, right. different parts around um, Essex County. Um, and now Essex County is in a lot of areas like, like Newark and East Orange and some parts of Orange. It's like you only right. living with one um, with one race. Like it's either you live in Brown a whole bunch of blacks, or if you go like the South Orange, you live in Brown a whole bunch of whites. What do you think made that change? Right. Oh, you, what happens is like we're all like I was just reading something. They were saying things that we know and things that we don't know. We know that people move out, but we don't know why they move out. Mm-hmm. Like when when what happened is when we're dealing with a degree of racism or the the people the white people feel as though that it, the more black people move into their neighborhood 
their property value is going to go down. Yeah. You know, so now you're talking about them having an investment in their homes, and now the home is no longer worth what it was worth because black people are moving in. So we got to get away from the black people. They're going to cause this. Going to uh, they're going to cause the property values to go down and things of that nature. You know, we're basically demonized. Like, yeah. You know, they look at us as if everywhere we go and everything we touch just turns the pot or the mud and. They're just not used to being around this for some better reason, you know, mm-hmm. but that's what causes the people, the Caucasians to actually like move out. It always goes back to um, racism, you know, not yeah. wanting to be a part of us or made to feel that we are part of them. So that's basically what happened, you know, yeah, that's, people moving out. That's definitely... Um a result of systematic racism for sure. You keep telling you tell you tell someone that black people are less than. So the way you continue to tell people that is now you do it indirectly by saying if you buy a house now this house is less worthless than the right. house if a white person was to buy it. Um or so yeah, that's definitely a a, a um a result of systematic racism within this Absolutely. Country. For sure, for sure. I I never really put those two together, so I think that's that's very interesting. I think that's... absolutely you have you have to like a lot of things like as us as black people, we may not understand all the uh, terminologies about certain words like when we talk about systemic racism, we talk about structural racism, institutional racism. We may not understand the technical or the, or the. I'm not going to say legal jargon, but the jargon that is uh, is more in an educational setting. I, w- I like to say, but we when we start telling them exactly what systemic racism is, they're like, okay, that's what that is. Yes, this is institutional racism. When you're talking about over policing, when you're talking about tough on. Um, crime laws, you're talking about the Rockefeller laws, you're talking about truth and sentence laws, you're talking about mandatory minimums and things of that nature. When you start talking about that, now you start seeing a system of things that are actually designed to keep black people subjugated or regulated, mm-hmm. regu- rele- relegated to a particular area mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. like that. So we all know what's going on, but we just can't kind of like define what it is. And 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 that's what happens. We need to start educating ourselves. We need to start reading more to be more in tune to what's going on with us as a people. That way we can start unifying. Right now we're separate. You know, we 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 don't see the things the same way. Our aspirations are different and how we see success and things like that. So that's why, you know, here you talk about systemic racism or understand, like, the racial disparities and stuff like that. That's refreshing mm-hmm. to hear, you know? So definitely. Absolutely. Um, and I totally agree. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us, Kenneth. Um, but I do want to touch back on your childhood and growing up. Um, one thing that I was interested in um, was what was one of your favorite pastimes growing up? Like, what did you do on your leisure 
Your name is Gigi, Gigi, right? Yes. Could you just tell me, can you just speak up a little louder for me? Okay. You have a very soft voice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yes. Um, Growing up, um, what did you do, um, like, for fun growing up? Oh, what I do for fun? Yeah. Regular things, movies. uh, See, a lot of us as black people, we really don't get out of our neighborhood, but I was fortunate enough to go to Disneyland. I was fortunate enough to go to SeaWorld and kind of like see outside of my neighborhood and going to visit my parents, I mean my grandparents down south in Philadelphia. So I kind of like traveled a little bit, although not out of state, but I used to go swimming and Turtleback Zoo and things of that nature. I did a lot of things that unfortunately yeah, I went to on for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you have a did you have a talent that you liked to explore when you, when you were younger? Yeah, I should like to play the trumpet. I should play the jazz band. Yeah, yeah, I should play the jazz band, the orchestra, okay. the marching band. Wow. Yeah, trump. Yeah, the trumpet was my instrument of choice. You know. You think you still remember how to play? Even people. I, I, nah, 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 I couldn't even blow a nose, huh? I mean, you know, I should go to music theory, and I just thought I was going to be this, you know, this regular uh, Dizzy Gillespie kind of thing, you know what I mean? But, so it's, it's, so <laughs> I really since you say, gonna, since you say that, Kenny, that, that you thought yeah. you were going to be a, a Disney, Dizzy Gillespie, is that who you said? Yeah. Um. At where was the where where was the breaking point in between your 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 talent or interest in the trumpet and uh, I, I I guess your your like and interest in the streets? Right. Well, I think like what happened, you know, like like I like I said in in the beginning, there are things that we know things aren't the way they're supposed to be, but we just can't quite put our finger on it. Me growing up in school and me not having brothers, I was kind of left to, like, fend for myself. Um, And going to school, it was just a little... I was more or less a schoolboy. So I was about, you know, playing instruments. I was about, you know just learning and, and doing the thing that I supposed to do in school, but then you have the in crowd and those will be the ones that will bully you and pressure you for your school, your lunch money and stuff like that. So right. eventually it got to be too much. Like, you know, I can't keep giving up my lunch money. I'll be a little hungry over here. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So eventually what happens is it's, it's a, 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 a subtle transition in your life, you either going to find yourself being the victim or you're going to now become the perpetrator. Mm. And there is actually a clinical terminology that actually des- that actually describes that where the victim now becomes the perpetrator because he no longer wants to be a victim, to be victimized. Mm. But these things I didn't know in the terms of understanding criminal criminology. And I didn't know that this was a working theory that after being victimized so long that you this person gets tired and so now he becomes the perpetrator. And 
that kind of like was the dynamic change in my life right there that having been victimized, I no longer wanted to be a victim. I never wanted to be nobody else's victim. So now I'm going to be the perpetrator. I'm going to be the very thing that I hated. So I assume now I assume that identity as opposed to finding another way to trans transcend that element. Was that a conscious decision? I believe it. Yes, it is a conscious decision because of your environment. See, when we start talking about Mm -hmm. the environmental conditions of our neighborhood that promotes a degree of poverty, criminality, criminality, and things like that, you don't understand that you're actually being socialized into criminal thinking and things like that. It's really, it's that part of it you don't really understand what's going on with you. You just understand that you live in this neighborhood and these guys are this way and now you, you're getting tired of certain things and now you, you start hanging with them. You have 60 seconds remaining. Before long, you know, you're doing what they're doing and that's the, you know, you're in prison. <laughs> I mean, that's like the really short thing of it. Let me call you guys right back. Okay. okay. To accept this call, press 5 now. To decline this call, hang up. Thank you for using Global Tail Link. I, I, kinda, I hope I answered that question. Yeah, yeah. You, you definitely did. And um, I wanted to, to follow up to that question um, because, right. you, like, you was clearly you had an interest in music. Um, and, uh, right. like, you, well, like you growing up, I, um, like, I definitely had an interest in music as well. And then I was fortunate enough to be a part of a program, uh, part of a program right. that, like, pushed me into those um into those avenues of like arts and creativity and when you said um like your environment people don't take into consideration right. the environment that you're in that kind right. of makes you make that conscious decision of going from right um i can succeed in art or survival of the fittest um so right. do you exactly. like so look so looking back on that do you think that like there was if you could, if there was um, some type of environment, like some type of program that you was able to go to every day, um, that that would have changed your mindset um, to where it would have pushed you to do more create creative things, like play the trumpet and be, be um, get better at that or do something else. Do you think that would have like changed your circumstances today? Yeah, you know, like once again, not just trying to make this an educational thing, but like I just said, like the more you learn, the more you the more you know. So since being like incarcerated, because I don't know if a lot of you guys know, I've been incarcerated now since I've been 27 years old. I'm 57 now, so you're talking about 30 years. Wow. In the 30 years period of time of my incarceration, I have used this time to read and study and take opportunities that I should have done on the street. So when when you're talking about, okay, if there was something else that I could have done that would have made made me better, maybe hone my talent or my gifts. And of course, they're called disruptors. Now, in our communities, if you notice within the black community, we have bars, we have uh, drugstores, we have a lot of these things in our neighborhood where people come and the traffic there to it cause a different 
favor of people to come through your neighborhood as opposed to white communities. You'll never see liquor stores or drug or or, 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 or or different kind of things like that in their neighborhood, but you constantly see it in our neighborhood. So what happens is when you see us as teenagers now, we want to hang in front of these liquor stores. This is where we're going to buy our beers and stuff so we can chill out and things like that. So now you have the little ones coming through. They see us. And so now, instead of wanting to now pursue their education, they want to be like the Rahims or or the the Rakims that they see out there having a little swag on, drinking a beer and stuff like that. So had they been a disruptor there, somewhere like the YMCA or the Boys Club there, mm. yes, my life probably could have been a lot different. Because mm. if you know, I'm quite sure y'all know that, Boys, I don't even know if y'all even have a boys club out there in Jersey City. It's not, it's not, it's not what it used to be. It's, it's definitely not what it used right. to be. There was a time where going to like the, the boys, boys club, the or? boys club was the thing to do. It was, it was, it was definitely a popular thing to do, and and it kept, it was right. occupied. The, it occupied the kids' time with uh, a lot of uh, recreational activities, and it was something for kids to look forward to. The YMCA right. as well, but I don't even hear kids speak about the YMCA or mm-hmm. the boys' club anymore. What is crazy? Absolutely, the new YMCA's. Absolutely, but that's why. That's why when they like when they come around and do the censors. We really don't understand the importance of the censors because the censors is what allows them to allocate a certain amount of money to a particular city that they're able to do certain things in a community. But in in our communities, we don't we, we a lot of us we don't do the censors. You know, we don't want no strangers coming to our house asking all these seemingly personal questions about my family. You know, we we are a private people. We are a scared people, you know, because of the environment we live in. It's not natural for us to live in our communities and have to keep our head on a swivel. Mm-hmm. It's not natural for me to go outside thinking, well, am I going to come back home today? It's not natural for a little child to be outside no. No. So, so Kenny, um, I I I remember Miss Wilson showing me a few pictures of right, those, right. those plays that you guys used to right. do, and I, I remember there was one specific play where uh, where Faith Evans was in it. Do you have any um, memory right. about that? Yeah, well, everybody. Well, Faith Evans is actually my goddaughter. Okay. That's my goddaughter. For Your real? sister's god sister. Yeah, yeah. Faith Evans is my goddaughter. Oh, yeah. Snap. I was just talk- actually I was just talking with her mother like two weeks ago about our program. I needed Faith to do something for me. Um. Yeah, but yeah, I've I had her since she was like nine. You know, and prior, I actually spoke to Big just before he went out to L.A. before he got killed on the phone. I was talking with him on the phone for a while and you know then that happened with him and then I called her afterwards to make sure she was good and you know I was involved with that whole Tupac and Biggie beef thing going on you know I should question her about what was going on the beef she had with Charlie Baltimore Little Kim 
I'm privy to a lot of those different um, conversations and things like that. You know, <laughs> you know, because you know she all she, she we always go to the same church, Emmanuel Baptist Church on Chancellor Avenue. Okay, Georgia. so that's how it brought. You know? That's how it comes back. Full yeah. circle. That's right. That's the full circle thing. You don't. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> man, that, that's dope. Yo, you had a um, very uh, you had a very interesting childhood. Amazing and now we, upbringing. We um definitely want to like jump into like a conversation more about like what's going on in, in your present right now. But we really okay. thank you for giving us some background on, on who you were and just oh, your no upbringing doubt, no for doubt. sure. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but to like even kind of tap in before we go into the present, I was really curious about um, the time that you first was arrested. Not a, not at this point, but like ever. And how did you feel? What can, happened? If you cared to share. Can you repeat that again, GJ? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay. Um, my question to you is, um, do you care to share the first time you've ever been arrested? How did it make you feel? Oh, wow. What was the situation? Wow. I was the first time I was arrested. I was 17 years old, and it was in New York. I had um, had a possession of a stolen vehicle, you know, and we figured we would take a joyride to the city. <laughs> and on our way back, being that I didn't understand the traffic lights, how they had like they had like a delayed yellow light, so I figured I could make it through. But somehow it changed red on me, and they pulled me over. Is this a regular traffic stop? But we knew that if they ran the place that what was going to come back was going to actually come back as a carjacking. And, um, and they kind of like ran down on us. And, um, you know, that I, I spent like a month over in Rikers Island fighting extradition back to New Jersey because I didn't want to face the charges over here. So that was my, my first time I ever in my life got arrested was on, to go into on Rikers Island, which they call a rock. And, you know, nobody likes Newark. So I, I could tell you, you know, for one reason, nobody likes Newark in different states like that, you know, because they know that only thing they did, do, if they coming over there, they're not doing nothing but robbing and stuff like that. So it was kind of hard for us over there. But what I did do was I was able to assume my New York identity, being that I was recently from New York, so I was no longer from Jersey. <laughs> drop, drop the Jersey moniker oh, real quick. Yeah, Jersey, Jersey is that? like a hot bucket, yo. <laughs> <laughs> you from Jersey? Nah, nigga, from New York. What you talking about? Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo. I dropped Jersey ASAP. Hey, put the rip, yo. Yeah, it's called survival. You do know this, right? Yo, I don't believe you. I damn sure would too. Jersey. Nigga, what you talking about? Yeah, I was right I was Raheem from New York, And so like that was my first time. I, that was what well, that was just jail, but you know, I came home from that. But the first time that I actually went down, maybe that's what you're asking when I first went into the prison system. The first time I went to the prison system was in like 1984. I received a five. I, my first sentence at that time was a five, a three with a 15. Had other charges pending. 
I'm, I'm sorry. What's a, for the people who don't know, what can you explain what a three with a 15 is? Okay, three is the mandatory minimum. That means that the least I can do before I'm eligible to come home was three years. A person normally have to do one-third of their sentence before they're eligible to come home. So they gave they gave me a three-year mandatory minimum that's saying, like, you have to do the three years, and then you come before the parole board, and we will see if we're going to let you go home, but we can keep you up to 15 years. Okay. You know, so... Mm. But then during that time, I had other open charges so then I caught another they gave me another 15 with a 5 and then I had another open case then they gave me a 5 a 5 flat but everything was running concurrent so being that the 5 the 15 superseded everything else my sentence now became a 5 with a 15 because I had been unfinished the other two sentences that makes like sense that, so. I get that okay yeah yeah. How old were you when those charges came up, came down? 17. Oh. 17, 18. Got gotcha. you. Yeah. So, like, so right after the jail, after you went to Rikers, um, you're back out right. now, and now right. you get caught up again, but now you're actually doing real time. Yeah. And so what scenario happened where right. that played into it? What happened then? Well, after, after, like you just said, being like now, you have to realize now I have this identity now. I am Raheem from my neighborhood, and now I have proven myself to be this tough guy and da-da-da. And that calls for me to do certain things that I maybe don't like doing. And, that's the, you know, like I just said, I'm caught up into robberies. I'm caught up in kidnapping. I'm caught up into any, any everything that... I think I'm big enough and bad enough to get away with at that time. Just to fit in. It's not that my heart was really in it. I mm. mean, that's not an excuse to your victims or nothing like that. It's just like, yeah, well, you know, this is my neighborhood and I got to rep my hood. And this is not me, but I'm going to go along for the ride. That's why a lot of times when I did things and if we, if we break because the cops are on us, it seemed like the cops was always chasing me. And I would look back like, wait a minute, why are y'all chasing me? It's like a whole bunch of y'all. Why are y'all hunting me down like this? Mm. Like, but I think me being a, from coming from a Christian home and having a Christian background, there's a thing that we we say that because we are Christians and, and we believe in God, that God may have his hand on you mm. and and so, therefore, he needs to arrest you so that you can now become the man that he desires you to be, mm. as opposed to the man that you would want to be in your hood. So, uh, maybe that was, like, one of the reasons. Because I always used to catch the worst out of the, everything. Like, these guys, they could be going to Jamesburg, Skillman, and have juvenile records and things like that. Here it is. I've never been arrested as a juvenile. And that's the, you know, they just smashed me out. Gave me 15 years. But I understood that from a spiritual aspect. I understood what was going on with me. You know, so when I came down, I went down to uh, Southwoods. I actually opened that prison up, you know, still wilding out from Southwood and got kicked out of Southwood. South, um, Southern State kicked me out. You have 60 seconds remaining. Sent me down to Rawway State Prison. Rawway kicked me out and sent me back down south. Where you, I mean, you probably think, like, how can you get kicked out of prisons? Yeah, you can get kicked out of a prison if you're bad enough. And, you know, I just, you know, basically like that. 
All right, phone's ready to cut. I'm going to call you guys back again. Okay. okay. I want to know. I want to know what he did. What were some of the things he did that got him kicked out of prison? Like, they had to literally remove him. Like, solitary confinement wasn't enough. Like, you got to go. You can't stay. (laughs) Your parents have a threat you will be, like, transferring to schools? No. Mm -mm -mm. No. I have. I have. One time. I didn't have to transfer. I got kicked out, but... Global Telling, I have a prepaid call from Kenneth Wilson, an inmate at East Jersey State Prison. This call will be monitored yeah, and recorded for customer assistance, collection, or complaint procedures, or to block yeah. future calls. Dial 1-866-230-7761. To hear the cost of this call, press 8 now. It's to crazy. accept this call, press 5 now. To decline this call, hang up. Sister Gigi, did I answer your question? Um, yes, you did, but I have a follow-up question for you. <laughs> um, and let me know if you want me to repeat it, because I know that I'm uh, my voice is soft, so I do appreciate your patience with me. Um, but I was curious on, I know that you kind of brushed on the idea that you got kicked out of these prisons and you were just at these prisons, but I want to know if you care to share. Uh, okay. Give us some... Um, reasons that you got kicked out just just so the audience could have reasons why yeah you're you're already put in this establishment because allegedly or quote unquote you have been deemed someone that can't be out in the world so they put you in this space but to know that they put you in this space they can find you and they still <laughs> can't manage to um con- control you and need to bring you somewhere else i'm very curious to know what right. you've had to do to make that happen Right. What happens is, as you must start maturing, I think my, in that in that turn, especially on my first bid, I think, because when I came home, when I finally received parole, I was 24 now. So I think what happens is you just get tired. It's like, like that little hamster running on that wheel and he just going so fast, but he ain't going nowhere. And I think your life, you start seeing your life like that, like, all this stuff that I did, all this stuff that I did for my hood, and all this stuff I did for it, I'm still in the hood. I have no mm. life. I have nothing. And, and you kind of like come to that point, you're like, you said, I'm just tired. And when I when I knew I was getting ready to go see parole, I just I just felt like, see, you know what? I need to start shaping up, man, because my whole institutional record is just horrible, and I'm not showing any signs of change and growth or None of that, and I just felt like it was just a time for change for me and a, a realization in that, you know, things have to get better. I need to do something better with my life before I die out here in these streets. And you would think that that moment of clarity or that epiphany that I had would be enough to actually now send me on to a better trajectory of my life, but it really wasn't. Because what you do in prison, especially like when you're still kind of young, you say, okay, well, I got locked up because I was doing robberies. So, you know what? I'm not going to rob anymore. I'm going to sell drugs. Like, that was my great plan. Hmm. Hey, then I just spent six years in prison. I was like, you know what? I was a stick-up kid. I got caught just robbing people and doing drug dealers and stuff like that. Now, what I'm going to do is 
but you're going to sell drugs and this is going to be better. I'm going to change my neighborhood and I, I changed my neighborhood just going yeah. one block over. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I went one block over like I was really leaving the hood and the people that left me behind and stuff like that. Like, this is my big idea. Like, this is my thing. And I'm like, I'm going to do this. And But now, you have to realize that I came to jail prior to the cracking era, era. So I wasn't used to the crack people and how that dynamic actually was working because when I left, it was just weed. But mm. now I'm returning. Now people are strung out on crack. And I really don't understand this dynamics of what it is to live in a crack era and how people that were once your friends are now your clients or now you have to watch them because mm-hmm. now they're, they're going to find a way to rob you because now they got to feed their habits. So my guys were telling me, like, listen, get a job. Let's fill this game out before you just hop in it. But to me, it's like some more people trying to hold me down and hold me down. Here it is, y'all riding around in all these Audi coupes and Benzes and stuff like that. Now y'all don't want me to eat. I'm going to do my own thing. And and that that, that was just like a Pandora's box to hell for me. Mm. You know, because that just, that just led me a whole, down a whole nother lane right there, you know? Wow. So I thought I had it all together, but I really didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't ready to really change. I was ready to change my location. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I wasn't ready to change how I thought or oh, I seen wealth and the sweets that was attached to it, the girls, the money, and all the bling. And these are the sweets that's keeping in our youth doing what it is that they're doing. This is our version of the American dream. Mm. But the American dream is actually the American nightmare for us. Mm. Because what happens is they want us, they want us to do what it is that we're doing. Because here it is. They know that as long as you're in the streets, nine out of 10, you're going to murder somebody. So now... That person is gone. That black face is gone. And now this other black face is getting ready to be gone because now you're in prison. So they kind of like killed one, one, two birds with one stone. So now instead of the Ku Klux Klan doing their job, they, they get us to do it. And we're killing each other up in droves. You know, but we don't understand why we're doing it. We just know that, listen, I want to come out here. I want to be successful because America tells you that... You know, we can it, 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 we can pursue the pursuit of happiness. Mm-hmm. But see, the pursuit of happiness is not saying that you will ever catch it. You could pursue it, but doesn't necessarily mean you're going to catch it. And I think that's so. We, what, we no, I'm sorry. Go ahead, continue. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I, no, hear I was just going to say, like um, that. I've I've never heard that phrasing before. Um, the the American dream is actually our nightmare. If you think about like how right. you how you were representing or, or presenting it um, back in um, like when you was growing up in your cities in your hood, you see that like um, like black on black crime, like people killing each other. That was one way of um, like the you want to achieve the American dream, becoming a nightmare. I think even in like today in twenty twenty um, two, um, the American dream would be, uh, I guess, quote unquote, the American dream would be like 
go to college, get a degree, have a job. Not really. Um, it would be more no, of like no, being I, an athlete, being a rapper. It's like when you think about um, when you see people that look like us, that American dream of family, a business, like that's not, we don't usually see that. We're no, seeing I think other that's people. The, I think that's the dream that right. we have now thought for ourselves. I think what white America says the American dream still is, is for you to be, to be educated yes. and get a, um and get a good paying job and all that stuff. And what I'm saying is that that's actually really a nightmare for us because that's just forcing us into debt. That's forcing us into... But that's because these, of the system that we're already in. If we're already five steps behind the dream when we're already in it it, it's like so so for us when we are looking like you said like the white people when you're thinking about the american dream like this this idea makes sense to them because that path makes sense and so for us when we think about the american dream although that path sounds logical right and we see other people that look like us they're not doing that you know what they're doing they on the block they selling they're pimping they're athletes they're um they're musicians like they're not they're not these people having these um white picket fence so when we are even trying to look for inspiration at that time like now we see that but when right. we're looking at that inspiration at right. that time is like how am i supposed to look up especially if I'm, I'm growing up in a single house home so now when i'm looking at these other men and now i'm seeing how they're making their money what their power means to them in their community i emulate that even when i'm supposed to want to look for a job and put on a tie they don't they're happy they got the cause they have the money they have the women and then so it's just it's right. kind of like an imbalance it's like so it's it's completely true that the american dream is our nightmare because what we were chasing Absolutely. was a false narrative because what we was told we should have was never even given like no tools was provided for us to get it and even when you try to achieve exactly. their um, exactly we even try to achieve their American dream and still put you back. That's yes. The, Same thing like with redlining. Nice, it's like, so I'm going to be this doctor. I'm going to be this lawyer. But guess what? You can't live here. Yeah. What? Yeah. Right. Lose-lose situation. But you know what? It, it, like, like, out of everything everybody is saying, the one thing that we, we gloss over or we kind of like really don't understand that when we say this American dream, who is the painter of this dream? Mm. It's not us. Amen. You see what I'm saying? As long everything that we desire to do is what white America says is beautiful or what America said is success. They paint this dream for us. We never paint our own dreams. We're not our own artists. What we do is we assume positions. Mm -hmm. They teach us. They tell us, "America Dream is you go to school, you get mm -hmm. an education, you come mm -hmm. out and get a job, you help corporate America." You see what I'm saying? It's not telling what? you how to start your own business. They're teaching you how to keep their money in their pockets, to keep their businesses going, to keep them into generational wealth and, uh, and stuff like that. But they're not teaching us how to start our own businesses. How do we become black entrepreneurs? You see what I'm saying? We always allow someone to paint our picture and then we try to assimilate ourselves mm. into that. America does not want us. It has always rejected us, has always vomited us out. They don't want us. They want to use us. They want to use our labor. They like to use our talent. But at the end of the game, it's for them to acquire wealth. And it's not for us to acquire wealth. They don't want us out of the hoods. They don't, because if we're out of the hood, that means we're in their neighborhoods again. 
You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And they don't, it's not, that's something that they don't want. So a lot of people think that the system is broke. The system is not broke. The system works perfectly well. It is doing exactly Mm. what it was designed to do. You see what I'm saying? That's a misnomer. I say that the system is broke. The system isn't broke at all. It's doing exactly what it is. It's incarcerating black men by droves. You're talking about mass incarceration, over over policing, the the school to prison pipeline. When we start talking about all of these things that are actually going on, and, and, and the bad thing about it is we're playing these games in these streets and we don't know the rules of the game. We don't understand rules of engagement. Here it is. They make these laws saying that, okay, if you get caught a thousand feet from a school, that automatically triggers a mandatory minimum sentence for you. If you carry it, and I was in what neighborhoods in a black neighborhood in the inner city neighborhood? Schools what, everywhere. What per what block isn't a thousand feet from a school? That's crazy. See, these, yeah, these are all traps. These are all things that we're talking about systemic racism, and we talk about structural racism and things like that. These things are created in order to enslave us. And just briefly, when we talk about when we look at America's population. And we look at the total world population. America only actually makes up maybe 5% of the world population. But yet, we make up in the prison system something like, I like to give you a number, some, maybe somewhere like 25% of the prison population. No, it's higher. It's America, like 30 it costs, to 40%. We're like the, we have yeah, the most imprisoned people in the world. Absolutely. And it's not like we're the worst. It's not saying like we're the worst people. It's that we we find ourselves uh, getting caught up into all of these other things, man. We're chasing things. We're on that proverbial rat race, man. And we don't know how to allow our money to work for us. We want to work for money. Our parents, from the time that I've been living, has always been working for money. Always been working to pay bills. We never learn how to have money work for us. We never learn how to diversify our portfolios. We never think. We never look about. Think about real estate. Yeah. We never think about financial literacy and things of that nature. And, feel, and, and being that we don't. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. I feel like that's the biggest difference between like um, overserved communities and underserved communities. Like overserved communities, they're taught generational wealth. We're taught generational poverty. Um, and I think right. we continue to. Um, we continue to have these these dead end jobs, and like we only thing we know how to do is survive. Where in yeah, yeah. um in a overserved community, like surviving is not the first thing on their mind. Like we wake up, we got to think about where's the next check coming from, where's the next dollar coming yeah. from. Um, and that's something right. that you have sixty seconds remaining. Um, that's that overserved communities don't have to worry about. Absolutely. Y'all keep that conversation going. I'm going to call back. Okay. Got you. Also kind of glossed over the fact that prisons are now monetized. They're business now. Well, we getting into Absolutely. That's reform. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's prison reform. Oh, yeah. Global Telling. I have a prepaid call from Kenneth Wilson. An inmate at East Jersey State Prison. To accept this call, press 5 now. To decline this call, hang up. Y'all, y'all all sound like a well-rounded group, man. I really commend y'all. I really Thank commend. You. 
all the things that y'all are doing and 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 have this whole this conversation because I was telling uh, Mr. Rent Money like some things that I want to talk about. I want to make sure everybody understands what systemic racism and, and social and and just different dealing with social issues. And I just want to know. And I'm thoroughly impressed, man. I, I, man, I'm proud of you guys. I'm literally. Seriously, I'm proud of you guys. Y'all out there doing your thing, man. And I'm so thankful to be on this, on your podcast, man. I hope this is not, not the last time we can all sit back and chop it up and have, you know, have a table discussion like this. I hope y'all have me on again, you know. Absolutely. You are a friend of the show. Yes. Sure. <laughs> I like I the way you The inside, the inside out, the approach you know what's going on inside the prisons and stuff like that I like you know? it. so you know i feel comfortable i feel like everybody just family like yo we just sitting there chopping i hope y'all didn't mind that i have my nephew come through there man because the idea of you know just to you know plug out what we're doing um we have a program called thinking outside the cell initiative and um what we're trying to do is to combat gun violence while we're in prison it 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 can't 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 we we definitely we we have a, a specific part we're going to definitely get to that that aspect okay. I, um, we're going we're going to shed some light on that for sure the, the program that that he's talking about guys we we're going to um we're going to get to that but we okay, have, no doubt, no we doubt, have no specific doubt. questions that that we want to um okay, ask no doubt. before okay, we get to that Okay, no doubt. My bad. Oh, no, I'm excited to hear about that. Yeah, I'm excited to hear about it, too. I was, like, sitting back. I'm like, go ahead. Tell me. Tell yeah, me more. We, we got that. We're going to give you that, that yeah. shine. Yeah. No, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really dope, especially knowing, like, where you are and the fact that you still want to be a part of a movement um, just speaks volumes to who you are and where you are and where you're heading. So shout-outs to you. Um Absolutely. But I want to bring it back around, Kenneth, because we did talk about um, your first time being arrested, even your first time going to prison. But since we are current and where you are now in your life, and I know that there are things that you are working in the background um, to kind of change your situation. um, How about you tell us in the audience, what are you currently incarcerated for? Right now, I'm incarcerated for first degree murder, first degree murder, 2113. And what happened with this situation, this is all drug-related. And this is like my first really experience of having law enforcement manufacture evidence for the sole purpose of convicting three people for a crime that they know that their own scientific evidence said that we didn't do. This is my really my first experience. I see it on TVs and, you know, and we know we watch these programs and, you know, they resolve the issue within an hour. But I'm 30 years in and this issue still hasn't been resolved. And, and, and it's real. A lot of times you think that everybody's incarcerated, did what they did. No, a lot of police tactics that they use are, are illegal within themselves. They coerce people to testify against you and things like that. See, it becomes the part that you think that justice, she's blind and she's not, but she's really not. What happens if they tell you that you are innocent to proven guilty for white folks, true. Mm-hmm. For black folks, poor black folks with no money, 
nah, you have to prove your innocence. Mm. So it kind of flips. Absolutely. And in my situation, this situation here, they charged me with murdering somebody in July. Without saying the person's name, they said that we murdered this person in July. Come to find out through their own pathologist reports and stuff like that, this guy was killed in June. So I was literally charged and indicted for killing someone that was already dead. You know, and wow. if you're sitting back, you're wondering, like, wow, how could this happen? Yeah. It happens exactly when they're trying to close a case and they don't have any evidence and they have three black people that they feel though like you was already in jail before, you know, we know you're kind and, you know, we're not gonna do no more investigation on this, you did it. So when we, we right. and then you figure that, so what happened is in my case, instead of them doing another investigation to determine like, okay, if he was killed in June, how are we charging him with killing him in July? He was already dead. You would think that, okay, I'm out of there. No, what they did, they just changed. To, they just sought to change the date. So you know what? We we, we is how bad we mean to say July. We meant to say sometime in June or around about that time. So now you got to defend yourself around about that time. Who knows where they were in a week? In a week's time, so much your activities in your life is going on. How can I now? to tell you where I was at from the time of June 27th or June uh, 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 20th to, to July 3rd. Now I have to tell you where I was at to prove that I didn't do it. So now they just raised the hurdle, the bar again. Yeah, to how me could to you prove possibly have a recollection of what you was doing for like 20 something days? After confirming I, like this was the day that like this person technically died yeah. now i have to go back from these months yeah. to go like you know what i was doing i was eating cereal yeah that's some yeah. shit but but that's your that's your criminal justice system that's our criminal justice system that and that's how it works you know and the, everything every piece of evidence that they tried to link me to the crime with like they said that one fingerprint of mine was found on a, a, a beer bottle uh-huh. Come to find out, it was multiple fingers, fingerprints on the beer bottle. You know what their excuse was for those other fingerprints? Oh, maybe it was the person that sold the beer. Maybe it was their fingerprints. So why don't I go fingerprint like, everyone at the what? Uh How about then you can't say that the person that sold me the beer could have been the killer? Because at this point now everyone yeah, on the beer bottle is there's the inconsistencies. Yeah. Yeah, but the uh, the thing is, the, the beer bottle is a movable object. So if you touch a beer bottle where y'all at now, and I take the beer bottle and I place it in the crime scene, forensic evidence is going to say, okay, this person was here, even though you wasn't. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And, then come to, and then come to find out that the beer bottle that they alleged that my fingerprint was on, it was never actually sent through the proper chain of command to actually test whether or not these were actually my fingerprints. But they gave a report saying that it was. Come to find out, it wasn't. Hmm. So it's you not your that? fingerprints and either? Use... Huh? So you're saying that it wasn't your fingerprints either? It wasn't an exact match either? Right. What they're saying, like, if they take a Latin fingerprint off the beer bottle mm-hmm. that they take 
to recover or what the proper chain of custody meaning that once they do the initial um, crime scene investigation, they have to send it to now to a criminal lab yes. in order to verify. That never happened in my case. Wow. You know that? But see, the chain of custody was never established in my case. So what the judge decided to do was saying that, well, it never left police custody, so I'm establishing chain of custody. But that's not how chain of custody is established in a criminal case, especially a murder case. Everything has to connect. But just so happened in my case, it didn't work like that. And then the guy that they get that got to testify against me, all of a sudden he, no one knows how he became even part of this case. What happened here is he saying that the lead investigator of the, the case called him to the police department and asked him particular questions about my case. He gave a fake name and everything else. So we like, well, if they know you, how could you give a, a, an alias? Yeah. Long story short, that's that you know now, the lead investigator of the case, now he has to testify. He mysteriously disappears. Okay. He don't report the case. He don't, he don't come to the, um, to the, to the um, trial. And, and mind you, he's a lieutenant of the police department. All of a sudden, he mysteriously disappears. So, I mean, you have all of these little things, that's these nuances, things that's going on. And um, But, yes, after 30 years, I'm still sitting in prison. Mm. And, and the young lady that was actually convicted with us, they allowed her to go home after two years into her sentence because they're saying that she should have never been found guilty based upon the evidence that they had. But, mind you, we were all co-defendants. So how could they not have enough evidence against her, but yeah, have enough evidence against me when you're saying that we are all there? Yeah. But this is our this is our criminal justice system and how it works. So they gave each of us uh, uh, 30, 30 years to life for that particular murder, and you know now coming up on the end of this thirty years, and so now I'm getting ready to go before these people and prayerfully they will see the change in me, you know. Let me home. So, are you fighting um, at this point right now? Are you fighting at all to one either get the like charges dismissed, or are you just fighting just to like win an appeal to get out? Right now, all my pills are exhausted. I lost okay. everything. I even raised even even because what happened in my case because the guy that actually testified against us, they told us that he was getting ten years in exchange for his testimony. I found out nine years later, he never went to jail. They made another, they cut another deal saying that, okay, you testify, you're going to let you go home. So the jury was never able to properly or fairly assess his credibility. You see what I'm saying? Because now they're saying that, okay, well, he's, he's getting 10 years. It's not like he's getting all scot-free. So he really has no reason to lie. But they didn't know that he was going home the, the next day. And I didn't find out until nine years later. So when I did raise this up in my appeal as newly discovered evidence, the judge in my case said, well, they knew he was getting less time than you was, so it doesn't really matter. But that's not the law. That's not how the law works. That's not how the law of discovery or the, the laws of evidence work. The evidence of discovery, which is a Brady issue, Brady, Brady uh, versus Merlin, it says that the state must disclose to the defense any and all evidence. And failure to do so is a right to either a new trial or you have to release. Mm. 
But in my case, once again, they're like, no. I'm like, wow. This is our criminal justice system for real. And this is how it's working. Mm. These how these world this world is turning for us. You know, but Man, can't no ring a bell. That's that sounds like the the just the inconsistencies that like you just spoke about within your case and then I couldn't I can't imagine. Okay. Thirty years later and we're still yeah. having this conversation, like they haven't fixed it like that. That hits different right. for me. If um, we're about to like, um, yeah. I think we're about to hit go go up against it. But if you like going back, like let's say on your last appeal, they find out right. that the all of this, um, everything that you were saying, have been true, um, and meaning that like the people in charge of your case was planting evidence and doing all these different things. What do you think should have been the the resolution in that um in that situation besides you being released? Well, it should have been some kind of if if you if you follow the rule of law, the rule of law says that a prosecutor cannot use tainted evidence for this sole purpose of receiving a a a, a tainted conviction. Mm-hmm. So, aside that, he should have probably been admonished mm-hmm. or whatever, something to that effect. Yep. But that doesn't happen because. They have qualified immunity. It's the same thing that we see when these officers, they, they, they kill a black person. They have qualified immunity. That's why a lot of the time police officers don't get prosecuted because they, they, they are shrouded in this, this blanket of immunity in the line of duty. Thing. And the same thing happens with the prosecutor. You have 60 seconds remaining. Use, he can use, um, he can manufacture evidence. He can tell lies. And if he doesn't get caught, it's all good. It's all gravy. Mm. And even if you catch him, he has qualified immunity. And, 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 and it's just him in a day of him doing his job to protect society, you know? And because you got this big, giant machine working against me. You got State versus Wilson. I'm one person. I got the whole... You have 30 seconds remaining. Jersey fighting against me. Mm. So, That's, man, you know, that, you want to um, yeah. call us back? Yeah, let me call you back real quick. Okay, I agree with him. I think if you if you fuck up a case, you should not be allowed to work no more. Mm-hmm. I agree. People make mistakes. Like, that's done. Nah, you ruined someone's Messed life. Up. I think you should be suspended. No, I think you that if you proactively, if if it's done proactively, but I think if it's a mistake, it's different. mistakes happens. I agree. Mistakes yeah. happen. Yes, yeah, suspend. Yeah, you get suspended for a mistake. Yeah, you get reprimanded at work. For yeah. Sure. Um, but if it's intentional. Like, you just lazy and didn't want to do your job? Yeah. And you just needed a, a number, like a conviction? Nah, you done. I agree. Because I, oh, I was like, I work for a legal marketing company, so I, I've dealt with that or seen attorneys. Global telling, that, I have so. a prepaid call from uh, oh. Kenneth Wilson. An inmate at East Jersey State Prison. This call will be monitored and recorded. To accept this call, press 5 now. To decline this call, hang up. Unfortunately, like, listen, I'll probably give y'all, like, one more call after this because my man had to use the phone, so. Okay. That's a little bit, yeah. That, that's cool. Let's let's but jump yeah. into, um, let's just jump into some, um, talking about prison reform, and I really want to hear about this program that you, um, were talking about, um, as far as, like, you guys were fighting against guns, um, still while being in, right. in prison. Um, and just, I got some questions about prison reform in general, 
but I do want to give you this, okay. um, this platform right now just to talk about this program that you guys um, okay. have started and what does it do? Um, what do you guys do? Right. Well, you know, very succinctly what happened is, you know, sitting in prison, we see all the gun violence and things that are going on out there in the streets. Most of these guys that are actually in prison, they're shot callers from the neighborhood. I'm quite sure all of y'all are familiar with the terminology of what a shot caller is in their particular hood. They have, they're respected because they put in work. By work, we mean actually robberies or murders or whatever it is that they've done. And, um, and you kind of like, me being, now I'm considered an elder because of the time in and my age. So when these youth start coming into the prison, I got the idea that this is now the time to now start to transform them. See, rehabilitation doesn't work. That's, that's see, the, the difference between transformation and rehabilitation are, 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 are truly different. Because what are you actually rehabbing this person to? Poverty? You don't know his life. You don't know where he comes from. But if you transform a person, you transform his mind, you transform his thoughts, you renew his thinking, you remove his values and his morals. And and that's what our program is seeking to do, is to give the, the youth in here a, a different way of looking at things, letting them understand what actually happened to them, how were they actually socialized and things like that. Because a lot of times, we deal with a lot of trauma that we haven't addressed in our lives growing up in these hoods and I consider them like war zones and we're actually affected by these things but we don't know it because it's so natural for us to hear gunshots but it's not natural you should say it's not natural to walk down the street to see a body on the street these things you think you would see I talked to him I talked these things that we talk about and 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 in wars and things like that, but our inner cities are wars. Yeah. So we are actually affected or we're traumatized by the things that we see, but we don't know it. And people just and like to say that desensitized to it. Yeah, we become desensitized. And so what's happening now, what we want to do it through our program is we want to allow these guys to actually deal with the underlining trauma that they went mm. through a lot of these guys they had never tell you they was molested before mm. or if mm. they was abused before because now they have this persona about themselves they don't want to give you that part of them because now you would think they're soft this that and the third but those are the things that we are trying to deal with and we are using the arts to do that you know so i did a short film on gun violence and it was seen by President Barack Obama. And I'm thinking like, my God, if I did something like that, just me. What else can I do up in here? <laughs> I and, and I put it to my and I and I put it to my guys and I, I went at them and I'm like, yo, this is what it is. They're like, yo, we in. Now, the guys that I'm referring to are part of my uh, organization which is called Thinking Outside the Cell Initiative. These guys have obtained their associate's degrees. They have turned their bachelor's degrees, and some are now currently working on their master's degrees from Rutgers universities. Ooh. So most of my guys are have their college degrees now in prison. So so now it's that. So and, and that's something I really wanted to touch on. Like I know when people go to prison, they they do things to to better themselves, so that when they do get out right. of prison, they try to be a more productive 
member of society or whatever. Um, and I believe in, like you said, um, transfer transforming people's minds, stripping off their morals right. and, and building up with new ones so that, um, like right. you said, they don't probably understand the trauma and everything that they've gone through. So I want to pose this, and this is, this is to the room, um, but I want right. to pose this as a, um, I think this will be a good thing for, for prison reform, especially for people who do like small bids, like five years or something like that. Right. I think something that, that really holds people back, um, that holds people back from when they get out of prison is the fact that like they can't do nothing because they're stained with, mm, um, with their charges. Like you're, you're a felon. Now, like those charges right. are always sticking with you, no matter what you try to. You apply for a job, you got to say that you um, have been to jail. You apply to go to college, you got to say that you've been arrested. You got like all those things are just attached to you. I think if someone has done their time, um, like if, right. you, if you have to do five years and you did your five years, you should never have to mention again that you um, that right. you was charged with those things. Um, and right. I think like so when that person gets out of jail um, or out of prison with their bachelor's degree. They can pursue something, yeah. Um, without this this stigma or this stain that there are that they are a bad person because it's called what it is in layman's terms. People are considered a bad person if you um at, right. if you have been to jail. So I think like that right. is that like to me that would be a big win for um like prison reform if that was a thing where people um, absolutely like and, yeah all that stuff is removed. Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts about that. And if, and, and, and if y'all don't mind, like after this call, man, that's why I got my nephew there, man. I, I want y'all to continue uh, discussing these things so he can get this for me. I want y'all to talk about those things amongst ourselves because y'all are the public, you know, and we need we need to hear how y'all are actually thinking out there on the outside about prison reform and things like that. Because what happens is a lot of people don't want to forget what we did. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. They have the, all these invisible hurdles that they put out there from, because once you get labeled a felon, now you're messing with their, they can no longer go to public housing. They can't receive public assistance and things like that. We just now, allowed to vote again. Yeah. They stripped us of our right to vote. So the very law that you now want Damn, to... Yeah. Yeah. But now they're in, implementing it you, so they can do you it. You don't want us to vote on, but yet these laws are going to affect me. Yep. But I can't vote. So when when I get off the phone, I would like for y'all to continue this open line of discussion on this and understand that, you know, just so I can hear how y'all thinking, I can share with my guys and my group so we can hear how y'all are thinking. But it, 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 it just drifting back to like what we're doing. While we think that attacking gun violence now is the best answer to remedy, actually ending gun violence because you catch them early, you catch them while they're in prison, while they have nothing to do but think. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. And, and, and so now that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get them to now use their own gifts and their talent to see that I don't have to go out there and sell drugs. I can use my gifts and my talents to now allow me to make a, a living for myself or to take care of my family and my loved one. Like I, um, Mr. Rent Money has our uh, um, uh, our um, soundtrack that we did, and we were able to work with. Um, the sound recording uh, a guy from Cool in the Game who lent his gifts and his talent, as well as an award-winning producer, um, Juan Super Air Gomez, who is currently working with designer 
on a project right now. So the, we were, God has opened up a lot of doors for us. We're working with our mayor's office in Newark, New Jersey right mm-hmm. now. We have police department. We have law enforcement working with us. We have professors in Rutgers College and King College working with us because they see the value in what it is that we're actually trying to do in the inside. So, and what I would like for each... Go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Finish your thought. Finish your thought. Finish your thought. Yeah, no, I was saying what I would like at the end of this, before this day is over, I would like for each one of y'all to write a letter of support to our current administration saying that they should approve this gun violence program, that y'all do support this because y'all are the public. And to understand that y'all can give me a letter of saying that of support saying that we support what they're actually trying to do inside the prison and we would attach that to our, our initial proposal that we're getting ready to present to our current administrator to actually get the program up and running. So I, if y'all could do that, that, that yo, that'd be that'd be that'd be what's up right there. I'm for sure. that. How soon do you need that and how do we get that to you? Y'all can get that to my nephew before he jet out. Oh, oh you want me to do it like oh, right, now. right now? <laughs> Kenny trying to get us on the with it right now. It's all about that work. It's all about that work, man. No, you know what, though? What we do as a people, we need to stop doing. Stop, let's stop putting off today for tomorrow because tomorrow is not promised nobody. And I get back at it. See, we live in a fast society. We want it now. Yeah, right I, I, got no I got you. I got you, Kenny. Nobody want to wait no more. Everybody here, everybody here in their phone. We don't even talk no more. <laughs> I text you. I called on the streets one day asking about people. I'm like, you said, nah, we Facebook friends. I'm like, I don't understand that. What do you mean, Facebook friends? <laughs> yeah, we, we definitely, we definitely gonna gonna make make this happen for you. Absolutely. It definitely, but, Absolutely. but like, I really Gigi, that. Gigi, and, and Greg are, are like <laughs> literally dressed up and ready to go to a party right after this. So, wow. but but listen, everything that we're 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 saying and the information that we're receiving from you is definitely right. it's not being put to the side. At um, all. We, we take this Absolutely. very serious, and we we definitely want to um, contribute. As much as we can, and use our platform um, to be in addition to to what you have going on, Kenny. Don't 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 Absolutely. think that we're gonna take the uh, take that uh, request for for you to for us to write a letter um, as something that we we're not gonna take serious. But we're definitely gonna, okay. gonna take it serious. We have meetings about the show, and and this letter for you is definitely gonna be something that we'll bring up during the meeting, and, and we're gonna do everything we can do to make sure that we have a, a great letter for you. That's what's up. Okay, no doubt. And make sure, and, and Gigi, yes. you hear me, sis? I hear you. I go to my Instagram page and make sure you start following me there. I Look at my PSA. <laughs> All of y'all go to my PSA. It's T-O-C-I <laughs> underscore K-W. That's, you know what I mean? Go okay. right there and look at my PSA. You. I got you. Yeah, and, and leave a comment and share and, and, and reshare it with somebody. I can do that you for know, you. You know, because we put, we put our heart in it. In she doing it right now like as we're talking. <laughs> Man, I ain't even following you on Instagram. I ain't even get the Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I know. Make sure you following me. Hey, Mr. Rip Money, you ain't just going to get ears on our music yet? Oh, no, no, definitely. We As soon as you get off, we're going we gonna to give it some shine for sure. I bet it up, yo. After this phone call uh, uh, is over, yo, I'm at the bounce, man, because I need to get my man on the chat, man. I'm already bleeding in like 30 minutes of his time, no, man. No, I really good. wish I could sit there and 
chop it up with we'll y'all. We'll do it again. Bro, listen, man. I enjoy myself straight like that. I really enjoy y'all. Y'all got to schedule me again for real. So for sure. Of course. Kenneth, before you go, what's your Instagram again? G-O-C-I. What's your Instagram again before you go? Yeah, T-O-C-I underscore K-W. Okay. I got you. I, and if y'all, if y'all know anybody that might want to work with us on the outside, man, to help us out, we really appreciate that because we're trying to get our community um, part up and going out there, too. Y'all can talk to my nephew about that. He, he kind of, like, understand what we're doing on the outside because we're we, not a, a prison program. We're going to be an outside program, too, because that's where we want to effectuate change also in our communities. So if y'all would like to help us, uh, establish that aspect because what we, we need like people controlling our social media page and things like that and whatever help y'all feel like y'all can give us man that's much love whatever y'all could throw our way we really appreciate that absolutely um, and we can reach out to your nephew with more information um, on the program as well um, or is there like um, some place where we can get more information on it if anyone was curious about it Absolutely. Make sure y'all exchange um, information with Neff because Neff, this is what he does, man. He's good at what he do. You know, he, he's, he's not, he's, he has a fair price. He works with you. You know, his photography, his videography work is, out, is outstanding. And I want us to... You have 60 seconds remaining. People, we need to start learning how to network. Hey, Kim, you know, and start using our own people. Hey, Kim, what's the name of that program again? One more time. Say it again? What's the name of that program? One more time. I can't hear you. Say that again. I can't hear you. Sorry. What's the name of that program? Oh, Thinking Outside the Cell Initiative. Thinking Outside the Cell Initiative. Got it. T-O-C-I. That's what's it's up. It's been amazing Yo, having you, 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 Kenneth. 30 seconds remaining. It's been and amazing. Thanks for having me on your show. And, and trust me, we'll be back again. You hear me? Of course. For sure. For sure. Continue to be great. All right, then. Love you guys. Talk to you later. All right. Um, All right, peace. Um, before I just want to throw on one like one more topic real quick before we finish. So yeah. I think a program like the program that um Kenneth was talking about that he's trying to start, um, thinking outside the cell initiative, it can. What's sad is that a program like that can work. It can work. It can possibly save a young person's life who's entering prison for the first time. It can change a community. It can. But and before I give my answer, I want to hear your thoughts on this first. What do you think are something that like per, prohibits programs like that from being flourished? Like for programs like, what do you think prohibits programs like that from flourishing in prison systems? Um, inside it, the the prison system, yeah. Uh, uh, how I'm not sure. How could the program affect inside the prison? But I don't. Yeah. No. Like, why do you like? Why there's, aren't there's these... many programs like that that get started and they don't... by by inmates and they try to bring it like he's how he's bringing it to the administrator to try to get funding for it. Yes. Um, they get shut down. Yeah. And I want to know why do you think that happens? I think that the idea is amazing. The process makes sense, and what it does to the individual, go leaving it. Um, can change a whole life, a community, and a family. But it doesn't change when they have to go into this corporate world or this workforce where you can make this money. Um, 
and you still have to check that box. So I can be, I can be reformed now. I can be uh, rejuvenated. I could be a brand new person. Robin who? I don't even know. I want to give you all my things. But it, but these job applications will not let you forget what you've done in your past. Exactly. Hence, even your job, your, your resume. They want to know what you were doing five years ago. Yeah. Five years ago is not what I'm doing right now and who I want to be. Um, and so I think that's where those programs, although makes so much sense that within these communities help, but when you're going out into society, it's a detriment. Because it's like, yeah. but I'm now this new person. I'm better. But they're like, yeah, but you've been locked up before. Why would I want that around me? Thanks. And I think that's where those systems where on a longevity basis make sense. And I want it to continue to strive. So please don't give up because now I feel like we're now in this um, this glass ceiling that I thought we could never break through is starting to get thinner. And I think mm-hmm. is if we keep punching, eventually we can break through and, and our development and where we're trying to head will happen. But it. When I'm going into the corporate office and they and they even have the idea that something legal may have happened to you, it's like a taboo. Like, they want to be away from you. You shouldn't even be in this environment. Yeah. And it's just like, and I can run circles around you. I just want to clarify, um, add some clarification to something. When I was, cause when in your I, question? No, 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 not in a question. When I said earlier that um, when someone does their time, their record should be expunged. Yeah. Um, I do believe that that should happen. Um, the only time that the record should... Say it, Greg come back into place if the person is arrested again because then you have to think of pattern and I agree with that until I thought about pedophiles um I don't know I I guess it it would be circumstantial for me it's not a one law fits all yeah because it's like I I was because I was thinking about like yes like if you robbed someone before you don't know the circumstances maybe he was hurting you different like that happened I did my time forward I may never rob again same thing I might even kill somebody but that was a different it could have been a passion could have been (laughs) it could have been you know isolated and I know now that that was the only person I would ever kill in my life move forward yeah um and Try to lightly out everybody. Um, I'm being recorded. Pedophiles should be known that they're pedophiles. They're nasty but, but then you also think care. about the idea. I will stand on that. I will die on that hill. Yes, but you also <laughs> think about laws and like sometimes like like say like a 16 year old could be charged with an 18 year old like in 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 depending on certain circumstances. So I would definitely have to zero in on the case that. itself For where sure. that can be a thing. But when there's a grown-ass man or a grown-ass woman literally perpetrating, harming, manipulating children, yep. no, you're going to have a stamp on your forehead for the rest of your life. Nasty. You know, it, it's, like you said, it's case-by-case case scenario. But when it comes to the environment that you're raised in and the circumstances that you're brought up, and uh, if you've committed a crime and you've gone to prison for it, statistically speaking, you, you you'll probably go back. Just statistically speaking, yeah. ba- and just based off of the environment you're raised in, yeah. um, you you just go right back into the the way things are, and you hanging around the same people. But that's why the program comes into play, right? And that's why I think that the program doesn't fix what's happening in society. Doesn't fix the doesn't fix corporate world. Doesn't fix the idea that I want I have a record and I want to better myself in my community. Yeah. Um, but if I'm going serving my time and there hasn't been no development in this time process. Absolutely, when I go back home, I'll be doing the same thing. Nothing has changed. My perspective hasn't changed. No one has provided me with an alternative than what has been presented to me now. 
I just know now I'm going to do something. I may or may not do my time and I can come back to the same environment. But if I have someone such as Kenneth in my life that's allowing me to know that like this lifestyle that I was living, there's alternatives for me to use whatever energy, talent, skill set that I have. And when I'm going back, yeah, it's, it's, it might seem appealing, but now I have a different insight to things. I can now be like, y'all good? I can go over here. I know now that because this, what has Kenneth's vision and what he built, there's now a place where I can go or an, or a path that I can take that doesn't always lead me back, right back into the prison system. Mr. Rent Money touched on something that I don't even know if you even noticed that you touched on it. Um, pause. But please, you've been trying to chime in, so I want you to I be want able to talk. You to- Yo, I think one of the reasons why programs like that don't work out is because it's on face value, it's positive to support these things. But going back to what Kenneth said, the system was working exactly how it's supposed to work. Yep. So in the back of whoever the powers that be is mine, we still need this slave class to make this ec- economic structure run we still need this we still need this uh business which is a prison to run because we have investors and we have all these other things so it's like there's police are incentivized to get arrest you feel me like it's all these put give you speeding tickets but in in addition to that there are people who are contrary to that that mindset who who um who are in position of power and they can make things change just by their their For influence. Sure. Like Ross Barak, um, I'm a former citizen of Newark, New Jersey, and and Ross makes things happen. For sure. Um, and even with the snow, he did really good with the snow when he first came in. Like the streets were clean. <laughs> so shout outs to him. For sure, I, I can think, say that. I think um, just to combine what y'all both are saying. I think in jail, because, um, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, jails are usually more public funded, um, meaning um, you got private prisons where, like um, like Kenneth's program, oh, it can save someone. Mm-hmm. It definitely can save someone. But the thing is, we need you here again. Like, you contribute to our bottom line. As long as I know that you're going to come back, I'm going to deny programs like this. Because why would I take away from my bottom line? Now, in jail, this might get approved because, yes, like I said, jail is publicly funded. But when you have private prisons where their whole shit of existing is because people are in jail, if I put, if I implement this program, if I allow this program to happen, and now Kenneth's saving 10 kids, 10 youth who walk through these doors, um, for whatever the charge is, it could be something real minor. I know now... And with all of the laws out there, like you said, um, charges stick with you. I know this person is coming back. Well, the well, something that we didn't didn't mention that can actually help get the ball rolling to with programs like that that Kenneth has to offer offer is uh, programs on on the outside and uh, platforms on the outside like just a conversation with Greg, Mr. Rent Money and Gigi. For sure. Um we we are using our voices to to help to to help the cause. For sure. And their strength in numbers. Agreed. Agreed. Wholeheartedly. But yeah, I thought um Kenneth was a really dope 
Yes. Amazing. Um, I've never... Um, I, I've already shared, yeah, like, I feel like I have blinders when it comes to racism, um, to racist things or racism in general, only because of the way I grew up and the people that I interacted with as a youth. I have too, and, but then um, I have my experiences and it reminds me. Yeah, and that's the thing. I don't think I've, I, I've been in um, situations of where I've been racially profiled and um, race clearly was an issue. But every time talking to someone like Kenneth, um, it's it's like eye opening every time. Like just mm. hearing different things. Like yeah, um, the American dream is the black person's nightmare. Like that's crazy to me. I never thought mm. of it that way. And it's like it's it's facts and it's reality. Especially so. when you realize what the who the dream was created for. Yeah, yeah. So I, this is definitely gonna be like episode I definitely remember for. for so can while. can we? Uh, Kenny wanted me to play just a, a snippet of from course. this, this album. So introduce this, it. The name of this track. Let's make a change. Let's start. Just play this joint. Let's make a change. I'm not quite sure who the artist is. It's not listed, but this is off of the project that that Kenneth Wilson sent to me. And let's let's hear a snippet. This is a global tail link. Collect call from. Zay. What's up with all the killers? Let's go get it when I run like the wild west Cause you wanna be a villain hey, Ain't no respect in the game with the fool Cause I gauge me, I'm looking still at this So we let anything move It doesn't matter when my kids run away We can't get killed, we're going out of place But it's over, cause they be still here today Been enough, might be your love Somebody get killed that you love Then you wanna cry whole river Talking you go ride on nigga For sure I respect the streets And I understand the beat Gotta know everybody part of those streets People get killed Then see it's catch teeth War home boy You a parasite to me I'ma let it be No, no Nigga yeah, more when I'm silent shit That's you what it sounds like You know me and people have died Early age All of a gun violent shit yeah. All of a gun violent shit Zay Drop that bitch Whoever you are, Zay, shout out to you, Zay. I don't know what your charges are, but you're really good. If there are, I don't I even know. I think that's Damas. I could be wrong. I don't know anyone that's I on this that's track. Damas. But, but um, I thought that was really dope. Don't quote me, but yeah. Yeah, that was that was fine. Definitely was recorded over the phone. Yes. Through the airwaves. I we even heard the word community in there. Shout outs to him. Let's go. Let's and that beat was sick. Yeah. Sure. Produced it. For you. 
Thank you so much, my amazing individuals, for sticking around with us. Um, we had a great conversation with Kenneth, um, and I hope we are able to um, hear from you again and your endeavors uh, after this. Um, so with that being said, Gray? Do dialogue. All right. So you got to know how we end the show. Um, you know, talk about little things that we feel like is important or not important but we just want to go to town and talk about it um so yeah new dialogue anybody want to start <laughs> go to town and talk about it my dialogue is kind of like a topic go ahead. okay but i just want to talk about this so do you believe that it's okay to be friends with an ex do you believe no do you believe that it's okay to be friends with an ex while you're in a, in a relationship yeah. Okay. Have I, but have I done it? That's the difference. Yes, I have done it. Okay. So, well, no, the person wasn't my ex. Like, actually, in a relationship with them. Somebody, somebody who you, you, you did everything, mm. everything that you could think of. Yeah. In the book, ten times over, and then you were in a new relationship. Yeah. Do you think that's a violation? Or no? Do I think it's a violation? Um, is there a potential that there might be a reconnection between the two? Is there a potential? Yeah, is there, like, because some people uh, may have grown out of each other and it could be platonic. Again, I haven't personally experienced it, but that is that could be a thing. Um, but I also can see it as if there's a possibility that this person that I was doing everything with, that I'm now friends with, that we can probably start where we left off again, absolutely a violation. Because now I'm in a whole separate relationship knowing that I'm yearning for someone else that I'm not supposed to be with at this point. See, but even... It or even, not even supposed to be with, like, I'm, I'm with somebody else, though. So. See, because it, it even... Before there's even a, a a sound violation, some people would would say whether you still have feelings for this person or not. Just the fact that y'all communicate with one another or not, like, what is 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 that copacetic in the sense of uh, in the event that a person feels like it's wrong, even if there's no no sign of anything going on. Um, well, whoever thinks that is wrong initially, just we have to pay attention to their experiences, right? Mm -hmm. Because obviously they've seen this not work out. So that's why they already are automatically not for it. Um, but let's put it in a scenario where um, said person that I used to be with, that I don't want to be with anymore. I've moved on. I know that we both can build on something i can i'm great at this you're great at that and especially now in this day and age where every i don't want to say everyone wants to be an entrepreneur but basically that's what it is everybody wants to work for themselves and trying to find different ways to network and to build and so if i can meet someone if i can entertain that and i know me and my partner because i now have to let my partner know what's up right um and if he's comfortable then then i will pursue the idea of creating a business if that would be one of the reasons us being friends um 
Again, like, I don't see a problem with people just checking in. I think it becomes a violation when the person that's in, are these two people both in relationships or is just one person or it doesn't matter? One person, both in a relationship. Okay, I'll just say this. It's yeah. like, how can you not, if y'all already swap, slop, yeah, over and over, how can you not? Think about those things like every now and again. Of course you're going to think about it, but are you going to act on them? But the thought, some people say even thoughts are che- is cheating. Well, then, then some people, sometimes. some people, that. some people say you, it, no, it's, does, does, does cheating not start with your mind or is it just everybody whip it out? Like, <laughs> it depends on the individual. I think for, um. I, I can I can understand where you're coming from when it comes to the thought process, but at the same time, like um, everyone has a what if scenario, even if they don't want it to play out or not. Um, especially if you had experiences where you're able to have flashback moments, you can't take that away. But the idea that you know that this scenario is not conducive to where you want to be, where it's a, a working or it's a platonic level, then those thoughts can happen, but don't act on them. Don't assume that now, because I was giving you the sloppy toppy back in 1998, that I'm trying to do it in 2022 because we reconnected. Right, I think right, should, right, right. Um, I think a respect level should happen. Now, if the, 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 if you already on that type of time and you know I'm, I'm coming for you and you're, and you're being, um, you're reciprocating what I'm saying, then it's no longer me in the wrong, it's you in the wrong too. Cause you know, you also know that I've moved on. But you wanna play. Hey, like I'm not pointing the finger. I'm I, just I'm, saying I'm, just we're in, not talking about you, we're talking about general, the scenario. The, we're talking about the, the you scenario. You know situation. Hypothetically do you think, speaking. Do you think it's a violation? Um for me personally, if if I'm in a relationship. Yeah. I'm I'm not trying. No, it, I guess it depends on the magnitude. Cause I'm I'm I have to I have for me personally I have to literally go with what keeps the flow of the current relationship that I'm in, um, in good standing. I don't want to do anything to, um, to mess things up or, or cause friction. If if I've and when I say this, I mean provided that the person who I'm with is uncomfortable. Okay. If they're uncomfortable, if if who I'm with is uncomfortable, then it's my job to make her comfortable. In the like, I'm and I'm saying we we went into this together. Like I let everything be known from the start. I'm not gonna switch up and then well she shouldn't switch up. If I, if I started the relationship and said like yo um I'm still friends with my ex. Mm, sound bad already. And then you know she switches up and says no I got a problem. Then that's on her. No? No, because she can now see that something is escalating because time will tell you more. Like, yes, you can be friends. What's the level of your friendship, right? I don't know what um, this person that 
you used to do everything with what does that friendship mean have you guys ever been friends do you guys know how to be friends have you ever been in a situation where you guys were able to be friends before you guys were ever in a relationship right but when when you when a oh that's enough when things no it, it definitely listen this is definitely. I need you to act. I got. I got distracted. Can you please say that again, please? Can you say that again? I don't know what I said. <laughs> you have to say it again, I have please. To say it again. I need you to say it again, please. Okay. Um, say it again. I don't say it again, please. Say it again. Know. Somebody say it again. I said. So, so you said, if you get into the relationship, and oh, do you guys ever know how to be friends? Because um, something that friends. I realized when you are like when I meet someone. Um, and I know that I want to date them. I've never been their friend. I just know now we're dating. There are people that I date. And I'm like, yo, we could be friends, and then we could be end, end up dating. But there's some dynamics where if we know, how we know how to be friends if what we was doing before wasn't really that friendly, but it was friendly. And so now we're back in this space where, so what does friendship mean to you? You don't penetrate. You just hand jobs. Like, no, I don't, what I, I've I've. I've had, I've been in a situation where I was literally two peas in a pod, best friends with the person who I was in a relationship with. Yes. And when you say, um, and there was no, there was no like sexual tension. Yeah. Until it was. Until it, until it was. Yeah. Can you go back? Can I go back to that? Yeah, no. Can you go back to that best friend era where you guys were two peas in a pod? It's like, is that plus the 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 intertwined? I'm gonna help you make this make sense to you. You have a person. This <laughs> is actually your woman, and she tells you that this man that I used to be two peas in the pods with, suck dick outside, inside, on balconies. Um, did really, really great. Yowza. We were really, we were, we were, we were, we were, we were soulmates to even say it, but we were connected and now we're not together and, but we're still friends. Listen, I already told you if, if the person that I'm with is not comfortable no, with No, I'm it. asking you, I, I'm not, I'm not perfect. The person is telling you I am still friends with the man that I may or may have not married at one point in my life. How do you feel about that? Oh no. Oh no. We can't we can't be friends? Nah. Why not? We moved on. I'm with you. Nah, see. And he's with her. Nah. I'm 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 I wouldn't be with it. Me personally, I wouldn't be with it. Why? Because I already know. My lady got waxed and taxed like mad different times, flipped and dipped and stripped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Every time he said Lay hello. Laid down and sprayed down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every time. Every time you pick yeah. up the phone. Hello? <laughs> yeah. Hello? <laughs> so so, just, no. so if, if, if you yeah. feel that way, think about it the other way. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, so, uh, how I would ever, not. How would, would anyone not. ever feel comfortable knowing that this person that you've been intimate with, and there's a possibility that you might even start sharing things with them that you don't even want to share with me because you guys have been intimate. You know, they know you from back in the day, so there's things that they're privy to, and now I'm not privy to. 
where does this friendship line, does it get blurry now? Because I don't know when you might slip and fall and your penis is now inside of her. Yowza. Listen, I'm just saying. I don't know. I'm just saying that that was a, that was a dialogue. Yeah, I'm gonna need you, Greg. How you was, feel about it, Greg? Yeah, yeah I ain't even hear one word from you Greg. on that, yo. Not one word. <laughs> um, I'm insecure, so no, I wouldn't. I'm, we good off that. So what's up with this transparency, yo? Huh? What's up with this transparency? Mm-hmm. Makes you handsome, Greg. Okay. <laughs> um, what do you mean? I'm, I feel like I'm always transparent. No, I feel like the 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 more I'm getting, either I guess it's the more I'm getting to know you. Oh, I think you just gotta own some things about yourself. Okay, okay. And so you 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 will not be okay with your person, and okay. I just because I okay, I'm gonna even give you a scenario that kind of happened to me, but I wasn't in a relationship with the person that I was friends with, but we were intimate, and my ex despised this man. Like, and I didn't want him, but I could see, now nah, fast forward, hindsight, I mean, I would not like him either, because, because as soon as I was ready to go, I was ready to, I, I was on a midnight train to Georgia, mm. yeah, really is, and then I, sometimes I did a round trip, I'm just gonna leave that alone. Oh, so you, you know be what? traveling? All the time. Okay, okay. Yes, I do. Yeah. Take flights, too. So, yeah, um, but all in all, in that situation, I just think that it's either a time bomb where if y'all just going to do it, then just do it because it seems like that's where it's going to head. Um, but if you if if you guys are able to set boundaries, um, there's an exception to every rule. So I can't say no, completely not. But I can say that is it the most healthiest situation when you guys have people and are you comfortable with telling your significant others about each other? And if not, then maybe we need to regroup, reuse, and recycle, and this might not be it. Or, just bust y'all nut and be great, because that's what it sounds like to me. Um, Greg, what's your new dialogue? Sure. Um, so, my new dialogue, I got two new dialogues. One, um, I liked your topic, by the way. That was really good. Yeah, it was really good yeah. topic and new dialogue, bro. Yeah. Um, I'm wrong. I was wrong. About the war. Oh, what, what Greg? <laughs> what? So, Get Say it again. No, 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 Say it again, Greg. Error, error, error. Yeah, 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 yeah. Acknowledge me. So, because Russia did invade. What'd you say? Shout, um, not shout out. Thoughts and prayers to all the people in Ukraine. For sure. Thoughts to all of you. I think they're gonna enact some title. Um, by NATO, and that means we have to jump in. Mm. Oh, so I was wrong. Oh, cool. we're not gonna do it. Um, not gonna... Was that denial though? No. Or did you really think it was computer like technology? It wasn't that. No, I think it, he just what... wasn't following the story to its actual. It was actually no, right. Because those was the initial attacks with the cyber attacks. It no, was... he was saying like, no. Wait, I, I want to clarify think... what I was saying. Yes, go ahead. Go what ahead. I was saying is that I believe there's wars that happen all over the world. Like, I'm not saying that war isn't happening. I was saying the United States wasn't jumping. <laughs> so that's why I'm saying that's why I'm wrong. Yes, and you did it. Okay. And, and you didn't hear me say that. The reason why it's been our news. We wouldn't be jump, but we wouldn't be jumping in if Ukraine doesn't. Uh, we still don't jump in unless Ukraine enacts this um this 
I think it's titles title something with NATO. But it, it it's until then we jump in. We don't just jump in for oh, no reason. Okay, yeah. Clearly there's a reason. There's a hap- there's a reason that has been happening, Greg, that we've been trying to tell you that this is no, what we're gonna get here. No, what you're you're miss what you're You were waiting for the news to tell you that we were actually No, that's not what I'm it's not even that. It's okay. it's just well yeah, of course I'm waiting for I was waiting for a public um declaration that now the United States has to jump into this war. Got it. And that's why I'm saying I was Which was never going to happen, but now there's a possibility. Yes. No, it's not even a possibility. It's going to happen. Oh, I like this, Greg. Thank you. Whatever. Don't be mad. But I'm I'm not mad. I said I was wrong. It's all good. You definitely did the black girl mad thing. Um, And my other one is I want to just shout out Slap and Run. It's a game on iOS. By Voodoo Games, it is getting me through. <laughs> you yeah. would like a game. Like I see the advertising on, on, on like between different games that and game things is, like yo, that. It's, it's getting me through some shit. I'm letting you know. Not slap and run. Like yep. oh, you gotta show me how the game works. No problem. Now I'm upset that that's even a thing and you're enjoying it. But you know, everybody has to use their therapy in different ways. So shout outs to you. Yo. Okay. Uh, so. My new dialogue is that I I watched Snowfall uh, season five. I also tapped into this power force with Tommy. Yo, I think I'm gonna stop watching TV for a little bit. I don't think that there's anything that I'm like. Oh my gosh, like I want to know. Snowfall hasn't been um, good. I think Snowfall hasn't been bad. I have some. Crit- not even critique, just like questions. Like, why oh, did you do this? Or man. like, um, and also I think as we're getting into this fifth season, there's like, what other things could go wrong? Like, I feel like we're at this point where our main characters are gonna have to start dying off for us to kind of still stay intrigued. I'm still gonna watch it, of course. Um, but it's like, I, I, so far. But I do like Snowfall. Snowfall is one of my good shows. And that Power Force, Tommy. I'm... You know what's funny? I just started Snowfall for the first time on Hulu. I love oh, it. For real? It's so good. The yeah, first couple of seasons are really amazing. good. Yo, the crazy show. thing is, all right, 10 minutes into it. No, it's five minutes into it. I turned it off and started watching YouTube. What happened? <laughs> what happened? I, I just don't have enough patience. I don't have enough patience. So I, I guess it has to be one of those days where I don't know. I don't know when would be a good day. I really tried. I tried. I said, you know, tonight is the night. I'm going to watch Snowfall. I saw like a little monologue. That's how I felt about Cloak and Dagger. this motherfucker. Something like that. Drive this shit. Something that's like that. I felt that. about Cloak and Dagger, yo. Nah, Cloak and Dagger hard. <laughs> yo, you wildin'. Cloak and Dagger. Hey. You can never It's a superhero thing for me Like superhero joints get a pass for me I, I gotta give it a chance gotcha. Peacemaker is dope on HBO Max I'm gonna give that a try and, um, You would enjoy Peacemaker I can't download anything Ever since I showed you that, that joint It keeps saying something about their ministry But yeah Yeah that was I mean that's my new dialogue um, Outside of um, You know Nope, that's all I got. I'm good. Um, everybody else good, but I'm maybe I'll, I'll catch you guys up and see. Maybe I'll change my thoughts on these shows right now. But 
it is what it is. Um, and I, I still want to tap into some other shows. But with that being said, my amazing individuals, Greg, can you let them know how they can find you and how they can find us? You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at just the combo on underscore pod. Yes, at just the combo underscore pod. Um, and I'm on Twitter at Gregisms with a Z. And Mr. Rent Money, you want to let them know how they can find you? You can Google me. Google Mr. Rent Money. I'm going to pop up, people, to the people that's in my live right now. Google me right now. I'm going to pop up. And Blaze, you want to let them know how they can find you? I'm on Twitter, Blaze versus your mom. Yeah, kind of disrespectful. Every time you say that, I laugh on the inside. Every time you say Blaze versus your mom, like. Is it the. Okay, we're not going to do the platform for the game. Um, Oh, yeah. Blaze versus the world on Xbox. That's my Xbox tag. It sounds like you're a nerd. Um, And you can find me. My amazing individuals on Twitter at G Carly seven and that's G Q A R L Y and the number seven. Um, yeah, uh, I haven't really been on Twitter, but I check in from time to time and I say my thoughts. So I look forward to seeing your thoughts as well. Oh yeah, it's the end now. So <laughs> if <laughs> you forgot today. If no one told you today, uh, if you listen to this pod just to make you smile or to make you angry, shout out to you today. And I want you to always to remember to go be great. Group, 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 G-R. Great money, money. <laughs>